Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark and with me as always, the number two Kraken fan in the world, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm doing, I'm doing very well. I'm, I'm assuming you would, you're, you believing yourself to be the number one Kraken fan in the world. Is that, is that what no, I'm I, I think, to pick up I think I'm that? ranked like four or five. I think, oh. I'm, I think I'm four <laughs> or five. Uh, you know, obviously there's going to be someone that goes to that arena a lot. Probably, probably like the guy that goes to the Mariners baseball stadium with the trident and the, the cape mm-hmm. I feel, I'm feeling like there's someone that had like that for the Kraken. Maybe it's him. He's got to be the number one fan. The Seahawks have Captain Seahawks, so I, I'm, I'm assuming there's someone above us. But you, you're definitely you're definitely number two. Okay, sure, sure. I'll I'll, I'll take it. Why not? Oh, why not? Let's do it. Let's do it live. <laughs> do, you, do you want to finish that statement, Bo? <laughs> do, you, do you need me to mark it explicit just so you can get that? Maybe out? on maybe on an explicit <laughs> version of this show. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get into everything, thank you for coming back and listening listening to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. That is, of course, if you're a returning listener, you know, welcome back. This is episode number 71. Uh, you know the the shtick, the spiel here, so uh, I won't bore you with it this time. But maybe next episode I'll go for five minutes. We'll see. Um, if you're a first-time listener, hey, thanks for choosing Forks Down Podcast. Uh, we're, we've been going for 71 episodes. We're having fun with it, and hopefully we're your new home for Mariners Baseball Talk. Um, if you haven't already, go hit our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram and find us on threads by searching forks down podcast. Um, you can also hit like, and subscribe on your podcast listening app. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. Uh, when I mistakenly drop them the night before or after editing, because I'm too tired to put in the right date, or you want to just go back and listen to the back catalog of uh, forks down. You know, it's all there depending. It doesn't even depend on what uh, service you're on. You can listen to us on, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google Podcast. Uh, I think Stitcher went away. We used to be on Stitcher. So there's a bunch of them. Whatever you're on, you know, you can go back and listen to us. So with all that being said, Bo, there are no Mariners notes. And you you told me to do this, Bo. You said you didn't want to talk about the Athletic Series because we played so well. So According to Bo, the Athletics suck. The Mariners swept them, and we're going to move on to the Rangers series. Does that work for you? Well, I said I said we could briefly touch base on the <laughs> epicness of this series of destroying I, the Oakland Athletics and owning the season series like no other. That's I, the way you 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 construed my words in such a negative way. Sometimes I just. I, I just don't know what to say. That may or may not be intentional. You ne- you never know with me. I, I could intentionally do it. I could not. <laughs> um, yes, I you you put it so eloquently that we took the series season series. Um, the if you guys listen to the broadcast at all, the Mariners broadcast. I think it was mentioned both on TV and on radio. Uh, with Wednesday's win. The Mariners, I think, went 12-1 and on the season against the Athletics. It's the last game we're going to play against the Athletics. And that is the best winning percentage of all time against one opponent in a season, one divisional opponent. So congratulations to the Mariners. You know what? Congratulations to Oakland because, you know, they had a hand in this too. Um, I, I do feel bad for Oakland. Uh, I know Bo 
that if uh, if you had to pick a divisional opponent that you actually liked, I think yours would actually probably be Oakland, just because you're a Billy Bean fan. Um, I mean the uh, the other options in the division aren't very good. I think that's also you know very an important factor. So, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean uh, the Athletics. I mean they're you know they're a team small market team that tries to do pretty well and they've had a whole lot of stuff happen to them over the last year or so. And um, yeah, it'll be tough. It'll be odd when it, uh, when they're no longer in Oakland, which I don't know if we know when that's going to be yet, but um, there's still, there's still some uncertainty around it. I mean, obviously the news has come out that the owner wants to go there. They've got proposals in place. The owners still have to vote on it. Right. Essentially. And, you know, I'm sure they'll vote yes, but there is a little chance that they vote no. And then what happens? You know, like, I don't think we want that timeline, obviously. Um, I think that could be brutal. Actually, I would hope in that timeline that uh, your favorite person, Manfred, would step up and ask the owner to sell the team or something. Or the other owners would ask him to sell the team. Who knows what would happen in that event? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a mess. It's a mess. And glad we're not going through it. Yep. Glad we're not going through it. That, yes, yes. We've been miserable in the playoffs, but at least we're not going through what the athletics are uh, going through right now. So, um, I'm sorry, but we got to, we got to touch on some of this, this series. So let's, uh, let's get started on Monday. Uh, Brian Wu took the bump, uh, against JP. JP Sears, am I right on that? Was that his name, JP Sears? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I had to, I had to click on his name too just to make sure. But uh, Wu versus Sears, Wu ended up taking the win, picking up his fourth victory of the season. Um, I felt he looked pretty good. Um, he he got into the. We, we were watching the game as we were shooting the last episode, and Brian Wu did get into some trouble a little bit. Um, you know, did give up four walks. A couple of his hits, I think, uh, what was it? There was no extra base hits, so uh, I, I thought I thought he had like given up one or two doubles, but was able to bat, like battle his way out of that. Didn't give up any runs. Hey, he went five innings, only gave up three hits, four walks, six strikeouts. Well, you could say he was kind of walking in uh, against Oakland. Yeah, and um, he did have, you know, I think the first he had, uh, was it, I think two of his three walks, and where was it, four walks, two of his four, four. walks in the, in the first. So he did have a little bit of traffic there, um, and then a little a little bit more traffic in the third as well, but I mean, worked out of it pretty well. Um, and yeah, this was a game where he just kind of roared back and threw the fastball, right? Like, I think he threw it 50% of the time, threw his other two-seamer, you know, um, you know, a third of the time. So um, really just kind of said, yeah, here, here you go, Oakland. Here's what you got and see what you can do against it. And um, the result was they uh, couldn't really do a whole lot against him. So um, I think the, the four walks still, uh, still a little probably worrisome there, but four walks and five, but um, <clears throat> for the most part um, was still able to work out of the trouble that he got. And, um, you know, still able to generate, uh, I think it was like 14 whiffs in this game. So, um, got a number of called strikes in addition. So really the, you know, the fastball mix of his four seamer and his two seamer really was uh, clicking in this game. So um, overall solid game from Ryan Wu. And I feel like we're kind of getting that out of him a lot lately. So good to see. Yeah. His last two starts. Have, I think we said his last start probably was his best start of the season. 
And then this one wasn't wasn't a bad one at all, you know. And it was kind of a, a collective effort from the pitching staff as a whole because after we got taken out, the rest of the way the they, we pitched four relievers. We only gave up as a bullpen two hits and two walks. So through uh, inning six, seven, eight, nine, that's not that's not bad at all. Um, you know, Sacedo took the sixth, did have a walk, but struck someone out. Topa came in in the seventh. Uh, struck someone out, didn't give up any hits. Thornton had given up two hits in the eighth, but nothing came across. And then Campbell closed the game out for the Mariners. Uh, did give up a base on balls, but uh, was able to get out of that. So as a whole, um, you know, it was good to see this bullpen do what they did. It was good to see Brian Wu do what he did. And it was good because the bullpen didn't have Brash or Munoz pitch either. You know, a, a big, I think a big thing in this series was, was to get some of a, get somewhat of a lead, you know, obviously Topa pitched the ninth in Wednesday's game. And I think picked up the save, um, but get enough of the leave lead where we didn't have to rely on Munoz or Brash at all this series, because our next series is so big, you know, we're going to need them closing out games and in pivotal situations as we go to Texas. Yeah, no, I thought the starting pitching did a very good job in that. Then you coupled that with um, the, the off day that we're recording on right now. And um, I thought the the entire series, I thought the starting pitching did a very good job to kind of keep their guys protected in the bullpen, give them good leads on the offense side of that it is. And then also, you know, try to keep those pitch counts down and you know give them some time to regenerate because it's going to be uh, it's going to be a long stretch from here on out. Yeah, yeah. No, no more off days. Ten, ten straight days of baseball. So, uh, you need all the help you can get. Move on to the offense real quick. Um, uh, you know, pretty good performance up and down. Had nine hits. JP went one, uh, one for two. Had three base on balls. So he's on base four times. Um, Julio did go zero for four. It was kind of a bummer. One for five for Teo. Two for three for Gino. Um, Dylan Moore, Haggerty. And Torrens, Luis Torrens, uh, all picked up a hit. Torrens came in with a double. Uh, I think it was right as we were ending the podcast, so I, I was super excited. You know, <laughs> Luis clutch Torrens coming through, um, picking up an RBI, and then Caballero having a, a pretty good game for himself. Went two for four, had two runs, two RBIs, um, hit a fourth inning uh, home run off of JP Sears uh, for his fourth home run of the season. So. Good to see Caballero kind of get off the the Schneid a little bit. Um, he hadn't been hitting well, hadn't seen a lot of them because you know Josh Rojas is playing well. Demos, you know, getting a lot of opportunities when it's uh, when it's a lefty on the mound. So uh, good to see Caballero come in and, and hit a home run. Uh, Ty France didn't ground into a double play. Rather scoring for the position, three for nine, left on base nine. Caballero also had a stolen base. So overall. Good from the pitching, but also a good performance from the offense uh, in this game. Yeah, I think you all summed it up pretty well. I think the Caballero home run, just the the no-doubter that it was, um, 108 off the bat, and I think it ended up going like 440 feet, right? Um, Yeah, it was was fun to see anyway. So uh, good that we were able to get that out of him. And um, yeah, on a night where it seemed like, um, you know, I know, JP did something good, but like Julio and Teoscar were kind of having slower nights and Cal wasn't in the lineup. So it's good to have, you know, some of those other guys, Caballero and Torrens kind of come through in this one. Yep, yep. 
Uh, one thing I just noticed before I was clicking out of the, the game notes here, uh, Mariners drew five walks and only struck out six. And I think that's pretty close to their best this season. Um, walks to strikeout ratio on the game. So um, good on the Mariners for not striking out as much and, and getting on base. You know, we did leave nine runners on and only went three for nine. But, um, you know, they kind of left no doubt in that aspect that they were going to probably score some runs. So. Uh, <clears throat> moving on to Tuesday's game. Um, this one, a little bit more offensive heavy. Uh, the Mariners were able to pick up a 7-2 victory. Uh, but we gotta, we gotta start with, with Lapidra, the rock. Um, Luis Castillo came in. Again, we needed, we needed big things from our starters in this series. Uh, we didn't want to see a lot of our relievers just because we needed to get them some rest. And Castillo came in, pitched seven innings, five hits. Uh, did give up two runs, walk three, but struck out eight. Um, doing what he needs to do. He looked good. He looked good. Yeah, I thought Luis looked. I thought Luis looked pretty well in this game. Right again, just kind of took the fastball and <clears throat> said, "Here you go, Oakland. See if you can hit it." Um, we saw his, you know, fastball and his. I think his two seamer about. 60% of the time in this one, 70% of the time. So again, just kind of taking the fastball and Oakland's, uh, we know, we know Oakland's not, um, their offense is probably a little better than I think people give them credit for, but, um, we know it's obviously a struggling team. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I thought he looked good, had 17 swings and misses in this one. I thought it was still probably a little bit too, like on the base pass. Right. Um, I feel like he did have, you know, the walks kind of, I think picked up here and there and there was a lot of guys on the bases in the first and the fourth. And then, you know, ended up having like, I think the worst seventh, right. Um, or, you know, had a triple, I think given up to Shay Langoliers and then kind of a fly ball that to Taylor Soderstrom for a sack fly. So like there was a couple, I think areas to improve upon there, but for the most part, um, you know, he was able to do what he was, you know, what we want him to do in this one, you know, the innings we needed him to do. And then I think whatever the Mariners offense scores seven and Luis is pitching, it's going to be a pretty typical standard win in that one. And that's what I thought in this one. So I'm um, still so impressive by Luis still at least making a case for the Cy Young. Right. I think Garrett Cole probably is more running away with it, but um, you know, nonetheless, still a good performance by Luis. Yep. <clears throat> and the win was his 14th win of the season. Uh, the announcers made note of it. Uh, I don't know if they did on the TV broadcast, but certainly on the radio broadcast, um, his eight strikeouts, I can't remember which strikeout it was. It was his 200 strikeout of the season. It was the second time he's done that in his career. Um, he did, if I remember correctly from the broadcast, his all-star season in Cincinnati. I can't remember what year it was. I think he had 226. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think he's going to hit that. He's probably only got a couple more starts left. He might, you know, maybe if he uh, uh, goes against – you know, like the Astros and has 10 strikeouts, but um, you know, overall it's been a good season for Luis. Definitely probably not going to win the Cy Young, but at least that needs to have his name mentioned. Um, I think it was talking Jake, the talking Jake Twitter um, account of John boy media. Um, I think when he released his, he did his, if I had to pick their awards today, which you know, obviously he doesn't get a vote, but I, I like seeing what he says. Luis wasn't on that list for AL Cy Young. I think he had Cole, who was it? Cole Gray and oh, crap. I can't remember off the top of my head, but Cole or uh, Luis wasn't on it. And I wasn't too mad about it. You know, um, you know, I, I just think as a whole, our, our uh, pitching staff is, is good. And 
will get its flowers soon. I think I really, if it's not this season, I, I certainly think next season we're going to have a phenomenal pitching rotation again. So. Yep. Agree with you there. Yeah. So, um, nonetheless, uh, them collectively as a unit, still one of the best in baseball. So there you go. Yep. <clears throat> Matt Brash picked, uh, pitched the eighth inning in the game. Did give up a hit, did give up a walk, struck someone out, but didn't bring anyone across. So his ERA sits about 302. Luisa's, by the way, sits about 306. So, um, you know, if he limits his runs in the next game, he, Luis will probably go under two, uh, three ERA after next game. And then uh, Edward Rosardo came in for the ninth. Again, it was a pretty big lead, but um, came in and pitched well and didn't give up any hits, no walks, uh, didn't strike anyone out, but no damage done. Uh, pitch staff did the job again. So not quite a shutout, but we'll take it. Offensively, Mariners picked up 11 hits. Um, JP at the top. Two for five, two runs, two RBIs. Uh, his... Uh, Maybe it was just me, but um, his home run off of Devin Sweet in the seventh inning, I think it was the seventh, excuse me, it was the ninth inning. Um, That was a moonshot. That one, he came around, it was a a change up, down, and in, and he turned on that, and you knew it was gone. Just the way he swung the bat, like, you don't typically see JP swing like this, but the moment he swung, you're like, that's gone. It there's no way there's no way that's not out of here. Yeah, no, if there's one definite takeaway from this series, it was that the Mariners can certainly make continued hard contact, right? Like they like you coupled this with the Caballero home run and the Canzone home run, and then you know, Julio and uh, Ty, Fr- not Ty France, uh, Cal Raleigh, right? Like the Mariners really, really connected well with the ball in this series and um we know oakland's pitching is quite a struggle so like maybe that's part of it but regardless right you're yeah this was a this was a no doubter coupled with all the other no doubters that we saw so um yeah it was awesome it was good to see if i think this was especially from jp like even though he's had <clears throat> he's had some he's had some decent games recently but i feel like we haven't had a whole lot of like big moments from him right if i'm thinking mm-hmm. correctly and like it was good to see this out of jp i think and hopefully that like, well, I feel like we said this a couple times already. Hopefully that continues over to these next 10 games, right? Because these next yeah. 10 games are of critical importance. Yes. I, I certainly <clears throat> don't think JP is going to hit the 20 home run mark. This was his 16th home run of the season. But anything after 10, after he hit double digit home runs this season, I'm just, I get excited for JP. It's so good to see he's kind of, th- this year has kind of been offensively his breakout party. You know, um, you know, a couple years ago during the COVID season, he did wear the gold glove. So we know he's good with the glove. And and this season, he he kind of put it all together. And, um, you know, we've talked, you know, if you go back to any of the last 70 episodes, um, you know, especially the ones that were during the season, Bo and I talk a lot about JP and what he means to his team. And it just, it's so, it's so cool to see, you know, um, I've, I'm, always rooting for JP, whether he's on the Mariners or not. And it's just, it's cool to see that he's finally, you know, stepping up and, and not only bringing the stick and bringing the glove, but being the leader on this team. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, um, 
driveline baseball will probably get a lot of credit for helping JP or they, you know, are the ones that I think are tapped in or at least talked JP about adding the bat speed. And, um, you know, if he adds a little bit of a bat speed, right, that can potentially add, you know, more points to your batting average, more points to your home run totals, et cetera, exit velocities and what have you there. So, um, I'm just glad that JP was, you know, open to all that and, you know, wanted to see if he could make himself better. And he did that absolutely this season. So it's, uh, He's uh, he's become a cornerstone of the team. Absolutely. Uh, Elsewhere on offense, uh, Julio did go one for four. Um, uh, You know, not much from Julio. Cal went one for five. Teo did go two for three. Did uh, also have a couple walks. So Teo was on base four times. Uh, Gino picked up a hit. Ty France picked up a hit. Haggerty picked up a hit. And then uh, last but not least, Kelnick here. Two for five, two RBIs, had a couple really nice doubles. Um, you know, Kelnick's kind of coming around, you know, maybe not certainly hit the home run ball, but uh, coming up some hits in, when we need him, and, and he's looking, you know, ready to make this playoff push this last 10 games. Yeah, no, it was good to see Jared tap a little bit into that and um... – you know, not trying to do too much with it, right? Just got a couple singles in this one to score a couple runs. And, um, you know, I think that's what we always wanted out of Jared, right? We always felt like he was swinging for the fences, right? It was what we saw, you know, I'm trying to take a more relaxed approach earlier in the season. So it's good to kind of see that continue now and hopefully it'll continue for the rest of the year. Uh, Other important stats here, four for 14 with runners in scoring position, eight left on. Teo and Haggerty both had their seventh stolen bases season. I didn't realize Teo had seven stolen bases. <laughs> you don't think he's much of a threat to seal, but hey, seven bases is uh, pretty good for him. And that kind of rounds out the Tuesday game. Not much else to talk about. Uh, Paul Blackburn of Oakland did pick up the loss. I'm pretty sure in that game. Uh, I know he started. Let me let me fact check that before we move on. Uh, yes, he did pick up the loss. So Blackburn picked up the loss for Oakland. Uh, <clears throat> moving on to Wednesday's game. Um, you know, Mariners obviously wanted to go in, get the sweep, and they were able to do that. Uh, 6-3 final. Uh, George Kirby uh, picked up his 11th win of the season. He's 11-10 and 10 on the season. Uh, Estes, I can't remember his first name. It's not Sean. Is it Joey Estes? Joey. Joey. Uh, he was picked up. Did you know, Bo, that he was one of the players sent back by the Braves in the Matt Olson deal? Because I didn't I, know that. I think I, yes, I think I did know that, but it didn't, you know, fully click until, you know, he was pitching against the Mariners. So there you go. Yep. yep. Um, so Estes started for Oakland. He picked up the loss, but Kirby picked up the win. Topa picked up his third save of the season. Uh, Munoz, this was a, a kind of a change of pace here. Uh, Munoz picked up the hold in this one. He pitched the eighth inning and Topa came in and picked the save up. You, you think we're going to see that, you know, moving on towards the Texas and Houston series where Topa is going to be closing some of these games? Um, I, yeah, I think so. Right. Like there's going to be, we're on a, we're on a gauntlet right here of the next 10 days and, where there's just going to be times where Munoz has pitched a lot of innings the, the night before Topa didn't, and we're going to have to just f- kind of a jigsaw puzzle of moving these guys together. So like, 
Um, we're kind of at a stage where it's kind of like all hands on deck, right? So like if Topa has experience kind of closing in the end of the games, like he, like he has in this one and has he, he's had previously and like other big spots where he's got holds, like all beneficial, I think upcoming, because it's going to be, there's just going to be days where Menunos might go a couple days back to back and it's just not going to be there. And Topa's hopefully, you know, ready and waiting and can kind of close out games. So I think it's definitely an opportunity for Topa to close out a couple games, but, um, you know, who knows how it's all going to work out and how the bullpen usage is going to go, but it's good. Nonetheless, I think to have Topa there as somebody else that we can have close games. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> give him a shot. Let's see, make, uh, make Munoz go back and be the kind of firefighter of the, the crew go in, in our big situations. Um, it's funny that we, we talk about the relievers before talking about Kirby. Normally we don't do that, but Kirby, um, had a fine outing, um, you know, didn't walk anyone, which was good to see. Did give up three home runs, gave up two, uh, or gave up three earned runs, uh, gave up also two home runs. All three of those runs came off of home runs from, uh, Zach Geloff and Brent Rooker. Um, so in that aspect, I feel like he's given up, uh, a few home runs. I think if I remember correctly, it was like somewhere in the 20, like his 25th home run, 24th and 25th home run the season given up. Um, so again, not great. Only had three strikeouts, but, um, you know, still pitched pretty well. Um, it seemed like he was, uh, pitching the contact a little bit more and, uh, it helped out, you know, the Mariners were able to score runs and, and get Kirby a victory. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you know, an overly dominating performance by, by any means. Right. But, um, yeah, I had seven, seven, seven whiffs in this one. Um, his velocity was up for most of the game. So I think that's still an encouraging sign this late in the season for George. So, um, you know, really was kind of tapping into like five different pitches in this one. So really kind of still use the whole arsenal. I think pitching to contact, like you said, um, a good way to put it, um, did have a couple mistakes there, but, um, nonetheless, still a pretty solid outing from him. Um, especially on the road as George has not been as great on the road as he is at home. So, all very positive and the offense was going to, you know, the offense was continued to be plugged in and was continued to be plugged in in this game. So, um, was it enough to, you know, secure the win there? Yep. 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 And, uh, offensively, I mean, it was, it came off of, uh, let's see, eight hits. Um, a lot of extra base hits through this game. Um, Cal Raleigh, Gino and, and Canzone all had doubles. Canzone had, like you were saying earlier, had a moonshot in the second inning off of Joey Estes. Um, Julio picked up his 31st home run of the season, which in turn was his 100th, 100th RBI of the season. Um, we had a little moment uh, earlier before that at bat. Um, Joey Estes was getting a little wild there. Um, and I know I know, Bo wasn't a fan of it, but uh, I, and I don't know how he came out unscathed, but Julio got hit in the hand. And uh, normally when they get hit like that, uh, you're, it leads to a broken bone and you're out for a while. I'm glad to see Julio that, you know, wasn't the case with Julio. And then he came back to nets at bat and, you know, launched a home run, which was just impressive to see. Um, you know, like I said, Canzone had a home run. Cal Raleigh hit his 29th home run of the season. Um, you know, it was kind of the, it was kind of the Canzone show this, uh, this game though. You know, had a double, had a home run, four RBIs. Um, you know, I hadn't started a couple. He hadn't started a game in a while, and he just 
He looked good. He looked smooth. Yeah, I think you know, he's kind of he's been consistently on the roster since I mean he's been playing professional baseball, major league baseball, I guess you say, since the start of September, start of July, sorry, so for the Diamondbacks and you know, we've got a pretty good sample of his games thus far and um you know, he hits the ball pretty hard. Um you know, has some decent expected numbers, so I think Canzone is seemingly like a, a pretty good find. It seems I know that maybe his, you know, his average and some of his walk rates probably don't pop off the page yet, but hopefully some of that'll get a little bit better. Um, but uh, yeah, he's helping to contribute in big, big time places. And this was a, this is a good one. Um, but I kind of like the structure of this lineup. I don't know how you kind of felt about this day's lineup, but um, from where I was looking at it from like where I like, we have like pop in the lineup where we can get potential opportunities like can zone. I kind of thought this lineup was the best version that we have, but how do you, how, what, what do you, would you agree with that? Would you like Haggerty over a can zone or a more over Rojas or like, what would your kind of ideal lineup be? No, I, I think you nailed it on the head. I think this is the, this is the ideal lineup. I think this is the lineup we could be see seeing in the wild card series or, you know, God willing, we get the divisional title and get that first round by. And I think this is the lineup we're going to see a lot of, um, you know, obviously your top, your top five, I mean, your top two JP and Julio, they're going to be there. Like that's probably not going to switch the rest of the season. And I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm set with that. That's fine. Uh, three through five. I think these guys are interchangeable wherever you want to put them, but Cal hitting out of the third position. Um, I really like, really like him getting the opportunities to get those RBIs tails, no slouch hitting out of the four. Um, you know, he's doing well in the DH, uh, position and, 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 uh, you know, he's raised his batting average. Um, I was looking at like the hits leader cause Julio's still the hits leader and tails like, I don't know, 12th in hits, you know, like, kind of underestimated where he was going to be at there. So, um, you know, good for Teo to get that hit out of the four position. And then Gino at the five. I mean, again, you could put any of those guys anywhere. You could put Gino at three, Cal at five. You could put Teo at three, Cal at four, Gino at five. But any of those works for me. And then I'm cool at the bottom of the lineup too. Uh, Kelnick hitting six seems about right right now. You know, not hitting for a lot of power, but uh, has been getting on base. Uh, Ty France seems to be getting on base and on a good clip. I, I feel, but, uh, not at a clip that he should be hitting like one for one through four, one through five. So, you know, him hitting five, six, seven, good with that. And then Canzone um, and Rojas, you know, our two latest pickups, I think need to be in that starting lineup come, come playoff time. Um, you know, obviously we've been seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of matchups. Um, and I, I, I do like, Haggerty and Moore both coming off the bench. Haggerty's been hitting the ball a little bit better. He raised his average to about 250 now. So again, small sample size. He's about 81 at bats into the into the uh, season, but still 250, not bad. And then Dylan Moore, um, you know, coming off the bench as well, um, can come off and have a little pop. Um, come off and have a little speed. Both those guys have speed, so um, I like them coming off the bench, but. You said it best. It's this is structured well. It puts the Mariners in the driver's seat for a lot of opportunities, one to nine. You know, it, it's not as terrifying anymore. You know, we had uh, at the start of the season Colton Wong hitting nine, and we felt like that was just kind of an albatross part of the lineup. 
I, I feel like Josh Rojas hit nine. He's got a good chance of getting on base. You know, bring that, keep that line moving, moving, bringing the top of the lineup back up. And that's what Josh has been doing. So, um, yeah, you're right. Good structure on the lineup. Good opportunities. Well, very well said. Yes. And I, uh, I think, uh, I think a wild part was, I think it was in this game that I think just kind of seemed like, uh, to your point about Rojas, I think it was in this game that Rojas, I believe got, um, eight balls hit to him right, in this one. So um, I think he had like eight assists or something like that, but playing a good second base, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So um, I like that. So well. what you're saying is I should have not sent the text message, Ty France baseball magnet. It should have been Josh Rojas baseball magnet. J- Josh. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, the other important stats that we look at here, one for eight with runners in scoring position in this game, seven left on uh, Kelnick did get caught stealing. Um, and Haggerty did steal a base, but that was Wednesday's game, and that led to a sweep against Oakland. Um, that's exactly what we needed going into the last 10 games of the season, and we got it. And like I said it um, before we – or as we started talking about the Oakland series, um, this is the best winning percentage of all time for the Mariners against one single opponent in a season. So um, good on the Mariners for doing that and good on getting the sweep and – it's time to it's time to really focus up because this we're in the make or break. This is going to get you to the playoffs. This is going to determine where you're sitting in the playoffs these last ten games, and it starts with three games in Texas. Three games in Texas, um, where our last series against Texas did not go very well um, in Texas. That is, and um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be. Uh, I think back to the good old days when Kyle Seeger seemed like seemingly went to Texas and seemed to hit the ball very well every single time he went there. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to tap into a little bit of that magic because it's going to be a, a rough time, I think. Um, but uh, a rough time, I guess I should say, until we get to the bullpen. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So I think it's super important, right, when we're facing Dunning, Montgomery, um, Eovaldi, right? That's just... Uh, I think it's a very important to try to get to the bullpen as just as early as possible, right? It's been well, it's been well talked about, well noted that, you know, over the last 30 days, you could point out Texas's bullpen has been the worst in baseball um, from a, from an ERA standpoint, from a home run standpoint. And um, I think it's just super critical that, you know, we take our pitches when they come to us, right? Hopefully, but also we want to try to extend those guys out that were stuff that are starting against us as much as possible. So, mm-hmm. um, We'll see. How do you feel about, you know, it stacks up with Bryce Miller, uh, Logan Gilbert, Brian Wu, you know, kind of our two of our younger guys. Brian Wu had a rough start, you know, his first time in Texas. How do you think the pitching matchups, I think, line up for this series? If if I'm being completely honest with you, I think the pitching matchups stack up well for Texas. But I think this also gives Bryce Miller and Brian Wu a shot to show the Mariners, hey, we're part of your long-term plans. Because these are three of the most important games of the season. And, I mean, they're going to have a couple more starts this season, both of them. Or one more start, at least, for both of them this season. So, you know, there's going to be some more important games down the road. But for Brian Wu, this was, what, his first start of the season? He got teed off on. You know, he got thrown to the Wolves in Texas. He needs to come in, and he needs to show, you know, the Mariners and Texas, like, hey, that first time was a fluke. You know, and he's he's pitching against Nathan Yavaldi, who, you know, at the start of the season, I would have said, you know, had a shot at winning Cy Young. You know, recently he hasn't been pitching well. 
Still, I would give the matchup there to Texas because of being a Valdi. Logan Gilbert obviously is the outlier here. Um, I think he stacks up very well against Jordan Montgomery. Um, Jordan Montgomery, I think, has been the best pitcher for Texas this this part of the season. Obviously, he only got traded there at the trade deadline. But um, you know, I think that one could be a win for Gilbert. You know, uh, Obviously, we need him to go out and, and show us that it's a win, that show us that he's the road warrior that we think he is. Um, and then Bryce Miller, again, another big matchup against Dane Dunning. Um, Dane Dunning, especially against the Mariners, has kind of been sneaky good this season against the Mariners. Um, you know, and, and so Bryce Miller's going to have to go out, not leave a lot of the balls over the uh, the plate. You know, he's going to have to go out and, and get some movement on that fastball, get his velocity up. And like you said earlier, Bo, like all three of these games, it's very important to get to that bullpen. So regardless if you get out or not as a, as a you know, a, a, player on offense for the Mariners you need to have a good at bat you know JP needs to go out and have a 10-11 pitch at bat against these guys you know I I mean Julio's gonna go out and probably want to swing for the fences first or second pitch but you know he needs to realize like we have a better chance of winning this game if we get to the bullpen you know so it's 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 gonna be a fun matchup it's gonna be a very fun matchup and you know, I, I, if the Mariners lose two or three, I, I think with the sweep that would very, very, very much hurt our chances. But you know, if we end up losing two or th- two or three, I don't think that puts us out. You know, obviously we want to take two or three or get the sweep, but um, you know, we just need to play good baseball. We need to show Texas in Texas, like, hey, you got us for four games in Seattle at the end of the season. You know. Yeah, and I would, you know, I think just uh, important to note, right? Mariners are one of five against Texas this year. Um, you know, the Texas does. I mean, Texas owns the tiebreaker, but obviously, with the number of games left in the season, the Mariners have a chance to swing that a little bit. But it is a four-game swing, so would be difficult. But yeah, obviously, you want to you want to come out and you know, I think try to win as many games as you can over this last ten-game you know stretch here, especially coming into this, you know. Certainly want two out of three, I think, coming into this series with Texas. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, if I was a mayor, I, you know, I'll just speak. I wish it was, right? I kind of maybe wish we could finagle the the rotation a little bit, right? Like, uh, I, I do wish maybe we could probably fin- move some of those guys around a little bit. I would love to have had Luis maybe start one of these games, but um, that's just kind of the way it goes. But uh, I also think important that um, with the bullpen being as well rested as it is, that Scott needs to – I think just be cautious about, or not maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I want to say overly, maybe not less cautious, I guess, about kind of pulling a guy, right? If Bryce Miller just doesn't have it, or, you know, Brian Wood doesn't have it, or even Logan Gilbert doesn't have it, right? Um, I think pulling them at the right time, I think, is going to be important as well, just so like to prevent any game from kind of getting out of control. So I guess I'm just kind of feeling like we're coming into a point now where it's like these games are almost a playoff playoff atmosphere playoff feeling to every single one of them mm-hmm. as we go into the end of the season. And we just gotta, we gotta really try to prevent things from getting way out of control. So, um, you know, if somebody's not having a good game, let's hand it over to the bullpen and give them a shot. And, you know, hopefully we have enough guys that are well rested to, uh, give us a, you know, a chance to the offense to come back. So, um, yeah, I don't know. going to be a fun, fun series. Yep. Yep. I, like I said, I think you, you, you need to avoid the sweep here. Hopefully get a sweep for yourself, but 
at minimum, you need to avoid the sweep here. You need to you need to take two or three, or even come out with one one win, preferably two wins. We need to get that that tiebreaker, better chance at the tiebreaker going into Seattle. So, um, you know, we'll have all the action. We'll re- recap all that action on next week's you know Tuesday's episode. So, um, you know, come back and and we'll talk about that. So, but let's move on to the last part of the episode for the day. Um, usually we do prospect corner here and that's what we have it named on our, on our notes here. But, um, I think Bo wanted to, uh, point something out in particular. So Bo, take it away. Yeah. Today we're just covering kind of the whole Modesto roster, right? Modesto, um, Modesto took home the California league championship most recently. Um, and we don't, we're talking about rosters and the ideal roster for the Mariners, but um, the roster for the Modesto nuts right now, I think is just a rock star lineup. Um, Johnny Farmello did end up joining the team. um, I think about a week ago or so, Um, you know, one of our first round picks. So you really have, you know, I think in the three, four, the two, three, four hitters on this team and the five hitters, Johnny Farmello, Cole Emerson, Laz Montas and Ty Pete. Right. And um, you're talking about three former um, three first round picks that is coupled with Laz Montes, who is having a, an ultra breakout season. It seems like, right. Um, all four guys really contributed and they contributed, I think besides Ty Pete in this game, um, Johnny Formillo had a, had a hit, uh, Cole Emerson did end up going four for six in this game. Um, Luis Suzabel was the guy that kind of hit the home run to kind of, you know, um, kind of help drive us there in this kind of championship game. Um, but really the whole Modesto, um, hitting offensive roster, right. is really, uh, something to be kind of behold right now. Um, I think you, know, you talk about those three guys, a couple of last Montes, um, very future, very good, very good future for the Mariners. I would say last Montes is, um, the last time I looked up is like, if you, if anybody plays dynasty baseball, right. Uh, dynasty fantasy baseball, last Montes is making some massive jumps every single where on every single one of those lists. Um, in addition to, you know, Emerson and Ty Pete as well. So like, just uh, yeah, just congrats to the congrats to the Nets. It's a big win for the Mariners farm system. It's been a big win for them the entire year um, to have guys I think make this next jump. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of those guys are going to start again there. I think next year um, you might see maybe Montes or maybe one of the other guys move to Everett to start off the season. But I would I would assume that all of them are going to start there. But um, with the chance to obviously move to Everett as other guys um, develop, but. Uh, Massive win, massive, massive win for Modesto. And then just another update is that <clears throat> Arkansas is playing Springfield right now. They are losing 6-0. to zero. They won the previous game on Tuesday, so the division series there is currently, um, you know, it's 1-0 Arkansas, but they are losing 6 to nothing right now in the bottom of the fifth. Um, they'll have a, you know, if necessary, if they don't end up winning the game tonight, they'll play Springfield on Friday. Um, and if they win that, then they'll go to the Texas league championship series, which would start on Sunday. So there's your minor league update. Yep. Bo, I, I, you know what? I have a trivia question for you. You ready for this? Let's see how good you follow the Modesto nuts. Tell me the mascot name for the Modesto nuts. Oh, sorry. Talking to myself on mute. The mascot name. Um, I don't, I don't know his name. I'm so sorry. Nutty. Well, you know what? I kind of 
gave you a trick question because they have three mascots. They are the Modesto Nuts, so their mascots are Al the Almond, Wally the Walnut, and Shelly the Pistachio. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Good, good names there. You, you, you tricked me. I, I yeah, would. Uh, I, I knew. I knew. I knew one of them, but you you tricked me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, but let's wrap it up and get out of here. You got anything else for us? That's it for me. That's it for me as well. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys on next week.